How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 116 of TLDR Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Trayden. Um, I'm coming to you with some interesting news. Actually, it's not really wacky news. Um, it's actually just kind of interesting news that happened all at once today in the, in the, in the NHL. We saw three uh, very well-known defensemen call it quits, hang up the skates. Uh, P.K. Subban is stepping away at 33 years old. Uh, Zdeno Chara, future, future, um, probably first ballot Hall of Famer, is is uh, is uh, also retiring, and we will also see Keith Yandel, the guy that um, the guy with the longest Ironman streak in NHL history, uh, and decides to step away. Um, now that just leaves um, our boy uh, Phil Kessel up in Vegas to see if he can uh, if he can beat that. Um, I'm assuming that given. I, I think that given his play, I think he'll probably have a chance to have a chance to do that. And then it, uh, in further interesting news, starting next year, Connor McDavid will not be the highest paid player in NHL history. Um, it will be Nate dog, Nate McKinnon, eight signed an eight year contract at 12.6, just to smite, um, just to smite McDavid at, at, I believe it's an even 12 um, or it might even be 12.5. So it's like, like just this it's just the, nearly the same but nate dog just wanted a little bit more and it's well deserved um it is well deserved um so james what are your thoughts pk uh calling it quits hanging up the skates he's a. Uh, am kind of sad i mean he's been pretty terrible the last couple of years but he was kind of the dude that like really got me into hockey like honestly he was like he's the only person i actually really knew because of the way he played and it was interesting to watch and i enjoyed that uh, he was the, the very first time I played fantasy hockey. He was my first overall draft pick in round one. Terrible pick. Awful pick. I took fifth place that year. We just looked it up a second ago. Uh, <laughs> but he was the guy that got me into hockey, and now he's gone, so it's kind of sad. I wonder if they all talked. Like, all the three defensemen just on the same day, they probably have, like, this little group, and they're like, hey, let's retire this day. Let's do it. And then, boom, one after Yeah, another, I, I know that for a fact, Keith Yandel um, in particular, uh, he did it over the, the Fit and Chicklets podcast. Um, they're good buddies. They're good buddies with um with the spit Wait. with the chickless boys. So he did they did a raid on that um on that podcast, which which uh, dropped I think it was today, this morning, um, our time. So I'm not sure if it came in last night in the east, but um yeah. Alex, you said you thought of me when PK's name came up. Why? Uh because like a year and a half ago we did overrated underrated and you got mm. a little hot about pk suban i think it was mostly based on the contract the devils gave him if i'm remembering correctly yeah. uh which you know it was not great devils fan for uh a 30 plus year old pk who was coming off like an interesting time in nashville for sure so uh i did think about that i like pk uh i'm a little surprised he's retiring i guess like He's obviously not the same guy, but at 33, you'd think he'd have kind of something left in the tank. But hey, you want to go out when you go want to go out. Yeah, he uh, he 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 just wants to step away. I think I, I mean you, we'll see him in in broadcasting for sure. I mean he's already kind of set yeah. that stage. Tyler, any thoughts on these three uh, retiring or the Nate Dog uh, contract? Yeah, definitely the most surprised about PK. Uh, I thought he definitely had had some good years and. It was funny because I was, I was watching um, or uh, Sports Center was on at work. And it's just funny how sometimes I feel like I think ESPN's gotten better over the years. 
but I feel like it's, it's, you know, it's basketball football center. And then they just be like, Oh yeah, by the way, hockey's still a thing. Here's the three guys that retired. And then they immediately moved on to the next thing. I was like, that's so typical of ESPN right there. Like just let, let, let's talk about, about the bills for 30 minutes and let's talk about the entire NHL in 20 seconds. So typical. Yeah. It, it, it admittedly has gotten better since ESPN took over the broadcasting yeah, in a little um, better for sure, but yeah, it's, gotten it's still, better. it's still not great. No, it's not great, but um, it, it is nice to know that, you know, I'm hearing rumors that the, the cap in a few years could, could grow as much as 15 to 20%. So, um, so these big ass contracts that these guys that are what we probably think are overpaid are, are going to look a lot better under that, uh, under that situation. But um, well, let's just go around, ask everybody how they're doing really quick. James, how you doing, buddy? You look kind of tired. Yeah, I am tired. It was a long day. Uh, but it was a great weekend. Our buddy Jose came down, surprised us for our birthdays. Um, he brought a pinata, and it was actually really fun to man the pinata while pretty tipsy. Yes. Quite enjoyable. Would definitely recommend. If you have, like, a dizzy bat, too, you should add that in there. Like, dizzy bat, then pinata. Beautiful. Yeah. Good. It was. It was a very fun time. Thank you, Jose, for coming down for that and everyone else who had joined us. Uh, Tyler, I know that you got in here late, so you just been freaking grinding it out, huh? Yeah, a uh, little bit of a grind stretch at work. Didn't get didn't get a day off this weekend. Uh, next weekend, I will have uh, both Saturday and Sunday off, so that'll be nice. So it was a bummer, you know, missing out on the birthday celebrations with you guys, missed out on golf, missed out on football Sunday. Uh, but hey, sometimes that's how life is. You got to miss out on some shit, but hopefully that can make up for it in the next coming weeks. So uh, had, had a pretty decent hockey game. Trade, and you uh, fed me an assist on our game on Sunday night, so that was fun. Got was on the board. sick assist, dude. Yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a fat assist right there, and I almost fucked it up, but I did finish it. So that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, when 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 the when the guy passing the puck draws both the defenseman and the entire goalie to the other side of the net, yeah. and the net's wide open. Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a good one. And I still hit it off the goalie in, but at least yes, you had to make it dramatic. You had to make it dramatic. <laughs> Alex, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Glad to be back. Uh, yeah, just just chugging along. Um, yeah, I was on a work trip last week. That's why I was not here. Uh, I was up in Colorado at a dude ranch doing, we were supposed to be working, but really we were just riding horses and drinking. So it was, uh, it was fun, but I'm glad to be home and uh, ready for this episode. That's the kind of work trip that uh, we all, we all need to go on. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's not, let's not, uh, uh, delay this anymore let's get right into football we had an interesting week too we had um we had a lot of players not really do well <laughs> that we expected and a lot of other players that did surprisingly well interesting games all around um th- that bills game i just i still can't even get over th- the domination of that on both both ends of the uh of the ball and, and i really hope that um you know that player who did get injured is okay i don't i haven't heard anything i don't know if you guys have james but uh why don't you take it away, buddy? Uh, that player is going to be fine. No structural damage. Just a really weird bend of the neck, but he's going to be fine. So that's good. Uh, before we get into it, we're going to just start talking fantasy real fast for our league. Just a quick little update. The TLDR boys did decently well. Three out of four of us won. I won't name names. I won't say who lost. Uh, but trade, what was it like to lose? Trade and lost. Yeah, I lost. It was tough, man. It was really tough. I mean, it's one of those weeks. I think, Alex, you brought it up in a different league, like, you have a great week and then it just dismantles. <laughs> Didn't lose to Tyler. So that's even worse. Yes. Doubly bad. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. 
And just a quick update on our waiver wires from last week. I think we did pretty good. Uh, Carson Wentz, 27 points was great. At running back with Jeff Wilson, who had 12 points, was a great little fill-in for you. Wide receiver Devin Duvernay had a touchdown in the first six seconds of his game, so that was really fun too. And we're not going to talk about a tight end because that was a plus. Uh, but this week, <laughs> quarterback, we're starting off with Jared Goff from Detroit. 6.8% rostered, 26 points against the Commanders or Manders. 20 for 34, 256 yards, four touchdowns. Guys, Amon Ross St. Brown and the Hard Knocks crew and everything, this dude is the real deal. There's only like been three receivers who have had eight plus receptions in the last 10 games. He's one of them. He's doing great. He is a wide receiver one. He's a real deal. The connection between Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown is ridiculous and it's amazing to buy in. Uh, the Lions actually have a lot of pass catching options on top of that. DeAndre Swift was in the game for like 10 snaps, but he had three catches and had like 80 yards. Like he's, he's also really good. And the offense coordinator is playing, finding really great explosive play calls that exploits Jared Goff and his ability to throw downfield really, really far. Up next, they play the Vikings. We just saw what just happened. The Vikings don't look like the best. It should be a pretty high scoring game if Justin Jefferson can get unleashed. So I'm expecting a lot of, passing on both sides of the ball here alex give me thoughts on jared goff yeah my boy jay goff uh i mean we just like you said we just saw him throw four tds and just like you said he's playing minnesota who just got torched by tyler's eagles because tyler has two teams like an idiot yeah Uh, and like you know in the past like in jared goff in his heyday i guess for lack of a better term at the rams like he was a viable fantasy quarterback, um, especially when Todd Gurley was at full Todd Gurley, who, and obviously with John, who can't, who could, you know, at the, his peak could catch the ball out of the backfield. DeAndre Swift can obviously do that as well. Like you mentioned, St. Brown is just incredible. So like, and, and, you know, what we saw when with Goff's issues with the Rams was when their offensive line kind of struggled. That was part of the problem with the Lions last year. Their offensive line looks and should be much better this year. And if Jared Goff is not pressured where he, like, I don't know, gets claustrophobic in the pocket or whatever happens to him, like, he is still a very – can be a very good quarterback. There's reasons he's gone to the Pro Bowl in the past. So, like, if you have Dak or somebody else that's either hurt or struggling, like, if you don't want Tom Brady to start right now because all of his writers – receivers are hurt and or suspended and Tom Brady's going through a divorce and who knows what's going on with his face then like pick up Jared Goff like he this Minnesota defense is not as good we thought Minnesota was going to be a little bit better you know obviously they struggled against a, a very good Philly team but like Detroit is no pushover the that they've really turned it around there I mean I'm not saying they're going to be incredible but Goff seems like a pretty legitimate waiver wire pickup right now Traden what do you think about Jared Goff uh, I mean, I, I don't hate the pick, actually. Um, I was kind of stuck with it, considering I wanted to talk about the other two on this list. Um, I, I, I do question how well he'll do against the Vikings. Um, this is probably one of the better um, teams that he'll play against defensively. So uh, I, I at least so far. So I just wonder if if he's going to be at, I mean, I definitely think that last week is uh, is not going to be repeated. But, you know, I've, I've been wrong in the past. So but I'm going to throw up Mar- Marcus Mariota. Um, I only say that because of, because they're playing Seattle um, and Seattle's defense has shown to be meh. 
the, the guys put up, you know, he's only put up two touchdowns this season. And I know that's a problem, but he can't, he did run for 88 yards and a touchdown and over his two games. So he does, he can get the ball moving on his, uh, with his feet. Uh, my other pick was Justin Fields, but I just can't get there. Justin Fields has 20 passing. Is that however, however, he does play the Texans next. And that alone is worthy of that was the only thing I had going uh, for him. For everybody out there, the spread right now for the Vikings Lions game is Vikings negative seven or minus seven. Definitely I'm gonna bet against the spread. I think the Lions will cover that. I definitely do. Moving on to the running back position. You what? I'll take that bet. Yeah, it's a good one. Moving on to the running back position. I have Raheem Mostert out of Miami. 51.7% rostered, 10.9 points against the Ravens, 11 carries, 51 yards, three receptions, and 20 for 28 yards. He's kind of in a split backfield right now with Chase Edmonds, except Raheem Mostert in week two had a lot more work. Uh, he had one more touch. Edmonds had more touches in the first game, but in this last game, Mostert had six more than Chase Edmonds did. And Mostert's the bigger back. And as we've seen, this Miami offense can actually move the ball which means more red zone opportunities, which means you're going to have most at the goal line, which he can bolster a couple of touchdowns and really get you up there in points. Up next, they play the Buffalo Bills, which again is a very high scoring game on both sides. When you have Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill on one side, and then you have Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen on the other, this game over under is going to definitely go over 100%. Trading. Well, what do you think it's tough to say. I mean, he, he, you're uh you're bending the rules. This guy's rostered in 51.7, but we'll give you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. It's better than um, 80%. That was dumb. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Um, look, I think that this guy is going to continue. I think he's kind of shown that, that he has the ability to, to take a bigger um, role. And, um, you know, last game, I think kind of proved that he's going to, he may be the, the main guy going, he could be the main guy going forward. You are playing against a Buffalo def- defense, which is a which is a huge question mark. We just saw what the Bills defense did um, on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, yesterday, and that does concern me. But again, if 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 there's a running back that's that's finding his way to be the the main guy, um, and and that is the case here, and that could be the case here in Miami, I think it's a great pickup. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I mean, part of it is they're playing the Bills. I don't know, you know, I don't know how good they you know the dolphins can be against this bills defense which is pretty good um and most are unfortunately like with every running back with every football issue injuries have always been a problem with him um and there's still that still is a pretty deep running back room so i don't know if he will be the guy moving forward um you are cheating with your over 50 percent thing um and i do like that tyler hasn't talked yet so i'm a big fan of that these parts um <laughs> wow i feel like i mean to i do <laughs> I do think he has probably the biggest upside right now in that Miami uh, backfield, but also with how Tua really broke out last week. I mean, I think he threw for six TVs. They might not use their backfield as much as they we might have thought in the past, and they might let Tua do his thing with, you know, he's now got two elite, at least one elite and one really good wide receiver. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. Who would you rather have? between Tua and Mustard? <laughs> no. It, like is there another one running back you'd have off the waiver wire? Um I mean I think you I think you can take a peek at Mark Ingram um especially with Kamara being hurt and we don't know what his kind of status is. 
Um, I don't know what his roster percentage is, so I may be fake. No, you're, you're good there. But they're they're playing Carolina, who we've seen has been pretty shit the last two, the first two weeks of the season. So maybe they'll have to use him a little bit more. And with Winston being beat up, um, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to start. So they might have to kind of rely on their running running backs more anyway. So maybe there might be a really big shot in the dark, but it kind of feels like it'd be leading that direction. Hmm, very cool. Wide receivers, we got or I got Greg Dorch out of Arizona. What a fucking name, Dorch. Love it. <laughs> 2.8% rostered. So that's definitely under 50%, everybody. Five, 15.5 points against the Raiders, four targets, four receptions, 55 yards, one touchdown. He's had double digit points in two weeks in a row. He had 13.3 last week against Kansas City. The Andre Hopkins is still suspended. Rondell Moore is still probably out with a hamstring injury. And Zach Ertz is not 100% with that calf issue. Dorch is going to get a lot of opportunity on a team that has a shit defense. And the fact that it's the Cardinals and Kyler Murray just is, he runs like he stole something, honestly, like a little kid. He runs like a little kid that stole his mom's cell phone. He's a wide receiver too, but he has 13 targets in the last two games. And so there's I, honestly, like there's going to be a lot of opportunity coming his way. Plays the Rams next game. Uh, they should be down by quite a few, a lot, which again means more passing. Tyler, what do you think about Greg Dorch? Yeah, I also like uh, love the name. Um, he's definitely taking the most of his opportunity, as you said, with his depleted Arizona receiving core. Uh, currently sits at number 22, uh, ranked in, in fantasy for wide receivers, which is a great wide receiver to flex option for you. Um, like I said, I think long term, looking at, at this uh, Arizona team, he may not be putting up that, those same kind of numbers, but maybe they'll re- re- reward this kid for, for, for how well he's done. But certainly right now, and if we're looking at week three specifically, I think it's a great pickup. Um, you've got to believe he's going to put, he's going to give you at least uh, 10 points, possibly even more. Jaden, do you love this guy or hate this guy? Uh, Dorch is going to get torched against this uh, this Rams defense. Um, no no questions asked there. Um, I I just, you're playing the Rams defense against the, against the, I, Kyler Murray is shown to be de- decent, but I, I just, I'm, I'm just not there. Um, and, um, and I actually like, I have an interesting problem, uh, interesting one here. I'm going to say Sterling Shepard. Um, he did, don't look at his last week. His last week was not great. He just had three thirty four receiving yards and that, but that's not, that's not a big focus. Um, he had 10 yards in just his second game from his Achilles injury, um, with six catches. And to me, can, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony, Tony, isn't kind of in uh is in the doghouse he's 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 someone that's not going to be uh that's not going to be considered much De- oh wayne dale robertson's hurt and i think that shepherd's going to be able to exploit this this um dallas defense that at the corner position has been exploited so far and i think that saquon and sterling shepherd are going to be poised to have big days on sunday we've got a tight end we have gerald everett out of the los angeles chargers i gotta get about the trade into this one this was his pick last week and I completely failed on it. OJ Howard got one point. Doo-doo. Brutal. Gerald Everett, though. Y'all did not listen. Gerald Everett is still rostered in less than 50%. He's at 30.7% right now. 13.1 points against the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, which is a great game. Six uh, receptions on 10 targets for 71 yards. Justin Herbert looks his way consistently. And he's been a focal point of that offense, even when Keenan Allen was on the field in week one. But especially when Keenan Allen is out, the ball's coming his way a lot of the time. He plays against the Jags next week. We don't really have defense. Let's be real. 
Caden, tell me more about you, dude. Well, he may be only rostered in 30% of leagues, but in 100% of our leagues, he is rostered on my roster. Um, I picked him up real quick and uh, shame on me for not actually playing him because I because I picked him up and I'm like, oh, I better I better play my main tight end. And that was a fucking failure of a, of a choice. And uh, I think he's going to stay there for the rest of the season, at least until something else changes. This is a guy that, as you said, James, it doesn't matter that the, that the Chargers are stacked. Herbert will throw to anyone. If they're open, he's going to throw to you. And if if ever is going to con- continue to to get um you know to find to find his uh, his space and 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 um, haul in those balls, I don't think that there's going to be any uh any issue with him um you know continuing to to trend up. Uh, I I I love this pick. Uh, I loved it. I loved it last week, and I love John, it even more this week. I don't hate Gerald Everett. Although I did tell my coworker to start Gerald Everett and she lost. So this is why we're <laughs> he got 13 points though. So it's not his fault. That's 13 You're right. points. You're right. You're right. Uh, I think Gerald Everett honestly is, is, is a really solid pick. And the fact that he's uh, rostered less than 50% still is pretty incredible. I think after next week, that's going to change, but let's look at another option here. Let's look at Logan Thomas. You guys remember this dude, like this, at one point, this guy was like a top 10, tight end uh, uh dude not, not 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 too long ago with the washington commanders currently rostered at 19 and a half percent of the leagues uh he's got off to a pretty good start here in in 2022 last week he put up 12.7 fantasy points currently the 10th ranked tight end uh he's going up against the philadelphia eagles in week three who i know philly had a great week too but you got to think of that that secondary is you know other than Darius slay you know is not going to be he's very hit and miss and I doubt Darius Slay is going to be guarding uh, Logan Thomas. So I think you've got a good, a good chance for him to put up some solid points for you. And he's like, 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 like I said, he's had a few injury concerns in the past, but this dude at one point was a very good tight end. So maybe he has a resurgent here in 2022. I like that. I actually like that a lot. And that ends my fantasy waiver wire segment. Hope you guys listen and hope I'm right again, but only time will tell. Yeah, we'll see, James. You were 75% so far um, on tight ends. The tight end guy is still 100%, so uh, there's that. Um, when We're going to have a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about baseball with Tyler. We are two and a half weeks away from the postseason. And we're back. We are two and a half weeks from the MLB postseason, which starts on Friday, October 7th. Tyler, I'm sure you knew that. Um, I did not realize it's going to go all the way through November. Uh, I guess that I guess that's kind of normal. Um, Tyler, take away for your old dams. Yeah, a little, little abnormal just because of the lockout. So things got pushed back just a tad. So usually we don't see. OK, so I'm not I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, you're not crazy. Usually the World Series game, you might you yeah. might get like November 1st or 2nd, but we're kind of going kind of well into the first week if the World Series goes pretty long. Uh, but let's let's check in on our home run boys, shall we? The magic number is two. And gentlemen, both Albert Pujols and Aaron Judge are two home runs away from their big milestones. Pujols added another home run last week, so he's at 698. He's so close, guys. We just got to give him to 700. He's so close. And then Aaron Judge went off last week. He just hit a fuck ton of home runs he's he's absolutely killing it we're gonna talk more about aaron judge later but he's at 59 currently coming into tuesday he is two away from the american league record at 61 um but let's get into my oh dams of the week oh damn uh adam wainwright and yadier, yadier molina of the st louis cardinals 
uh, did something pretty awesome. Uh, they set an MLB record last week on Wednesday against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, they set the record with the most starts in MLB history of a pitcher catcher duo. Uh, the kind of the term for that is the battery. So the, the most starts as a battery together, uh, they had their 325 start together. Um, and in good old fashion, they, they went on and won that game as well. Four to one, uh, a pretty incredible record. So 325 starts together as a, as a battery is, is, is a lot. If you really think about that, um, this, this record has stood for nearly 40 years. Um, it's, 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 it's been a long time. Um, and this is a duo. I mean, Molina seems to have been the same, the, the St. Louis Cardinals catcher forever. I can't remember uh, a St. Louis Cardinal catcher that wasn't Yadier Molina in my lifetime. And uh, Wayne Wright's been there doing it for a long time as well. But I think the big thing is whenever records are broken, everyone wants to know, like, how long is this going to last? Could it be forever? There's a lot of records that have lasted for a long period of time. This is one I feel like is going to last a very, very long time. It may never be broken again, but let's see what the boys think. Alex, you know, what do you think about this record? The, the, is it, you know, it's a, I feel like it's a very impressive one. And do you think it will ever be broken? It is very impressive, um, especially in today's free agency trades, younger, whatever you want to, you know, with trying to bring up younger players. Um, it, it is very impressive. The fact that like two of those guys were on the same team or have been on this, this team for, you know, two decades, pretty much is pretty incredible. Um, I don't think it's, it's not going to be broken. Like it's one of those things kind of like DiMaggio's hit streak, just with the way the game is played now, there's not a chance. Um, I think the like most, uh, the closest one is Kyle Hendricks and um, uh, Contreras. So like both of those guys could not be on the Cubs in this off season. So like, it's, it's never going to get close again. Um, I mean, even if you think of guys like, like Verlander, who was on the Tigers forever, nope, goes to the Strohs, like, or if you think of guys like Kirsch or like Felix Hernandez, like they've always thrown to like a ton of different catchers. Um, and I think with, with the way the catcher position works now too, like they will just never be somebody quite like Yachty Molina ever again. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, no, it probably won't ever get broken, but yeah, what an achievement by those two. 100%. Uh, James, do you agree or disagree that this record will ever be broken? I agree with Alex. There's not much else to say. There's no way that... I mean, okay, the stars really have to align here. Like, you have to have a pitcher and a catcher coming at 16, like, from the Dominican Republic or something, like, sign with the team and come up together from the ranks and then be the best at that position and love their team to stay and play the for 20-plus years at the same time without ever leaving again. It's possible, actually, now that I say it out loud. Um, it's like 0.05% possible, but it's definitely possible. Probably won't happen again, but it is possible. Yeah, definitely possible. But man, just with with, with, with this day and age, it just seems super, super unlikely. Trading, what do you got on this record? Do you think this is one, as Alex mentioned, like the you know the, the consecutive games hit streak and the uh, Cal Ripken, uh consecutive games play? These are ones I feel like will never be broken. Does this go into that category yeah it goes in that category for everything that james said plus another factor that he forgot to mention players can get traded beyond their control i mean i mean they have their they have control of whether they want to stay but who's to say they're not going to get traded so um i, I mean that there's way too many variables actually 0.05 either you point 0.5 or 0.05 0.05 
Yeah, it's like point zero 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 five um chance. I mean, it's it, like uh, it's it, it's not going to happen. I have a better chance of winning the lottery than that happening. So, um, I'll take that. I'll take those. I'll take the lottery odds over the the odds of them of, of another streak like that. Yeah, <laughs> have to agree with you guys. I think I think the major point in in this duo specifically is is the Yadier Molina piece. I don't know if we'll ever see a catcher for that long of a career with one team. I mean, it, it is really, really rare. Um, as you, as you know, kind of Alex mentioned, you know, Kershaw has been on the Dodgers forever, but he's probably had at least like, I'm freaking five different catchers during his tenure there with, with, with the Dodgers. So um, it, it, it's really impressive for, for both guys. And like I said, as kind of James alluded to, those stars really have to align. You have to have this perfect situation and the Cardinals do have it with Wainwright and Molina. So Hopefully you guys enjoyed that, that, that record being broke. That's a pretty special moment. If you haven't seen the moment right before when they, you know, the fans give us a, a standing ovation there in St. Louis, pretty cool moment. So also uh, Yair's Molina's helmet that he had to commemorate the event. Also super cool. Um, so let's move on to my second ODAM moment. As we mentioned, two and a half weeks left coming up in the regular season. We're looking at the standings harder, more than ever. And, for the most part, there's a few races, divisional races up for grabs, kind of some kind of seating up for grabs, but there still are some teams on the outside looking in trying to make a final push to try and get into the postseason. We got three teams that I consider to still be in that hunt that are currently out of the playoff spot, and that is the Milwaukee Brewers, who are two and a half games out of an of, of the NL card, and we have the uh, Baltimore Orioles and the White Sox who are both five and five and a half games out, respectively, of the American wild card. Um Still definitely within the realm of possibility, given the fact if, if one of those teams goes on a run and a team ahead uh, ahead of them uh, starts to tank here at the end. I feel like every year something like that kind of happens. So if you guys had to pick one of these three teams to say, yes, this team is making the postseason, something crazy is going to happen, which team do you pick and why? Trading, who do you got? Um, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play I'm gonna play with the, the Orioles here. I, I just I just think that they are just you know, scrapping together a season that we never thought would be possible in, in terms of getting into the postseason, and you and you have to give them the, you have to give them that 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 they just they're hungry for it. And um, the White Sox, I think, are just the, the White Sox are their are their main competition here, right? Uh, and I just don't think that the White Sox are. I, I think we've had this conversation. I think the White Sox are going to really start to fall. I know they went have they've been seven and three in the last 10 and I know that the Orioles are four and six in the last 10 I know that doesn't bode well for what I'm what I'm saying but I just think that down the stretch the Orioles are just going to find a way to to get in they found a way to even stay relevant um, this whole season um, the problem is that they're going to be they're going to be up against a pretty tough competition down the stretch the last couple of weeks here but um, you know what what better way to prepare you for the postseason than to play the best teams in your in your uh, in your conference so um I, I, I'm, I'm going to say the Orioles. All right. I like that one. Uh, James, who do you got? I mean, to be honest, I don't think any of these teams are going to make it. But if I had to pick one, I'd go with the Brewers. Two and a half games out. That's way better than five games out of a wildcard position. And they actually have the easiest strength of schedule from this point forward. They play the Reds, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks. A little bit easier to get dubs from. They also play the Mets and the Cardinals, but that's going to be four games total. Uh, so it's not not like a ton of games right there that you might lose. Uh, the road towards getting a wild card spot is much easier than any of these AL teams. That's why I have the Brewers taking it, if they were to take it, which they probably won't. 
Yeah, definitely a, a really tight race there in the nationally wildcard, both the Brewers and the, the bottom two wildcard teams, the Padres and the Phillies. So that, that's definitely one that's going to be a really tight one coming down the stretch. But Alex, do you agree with either Traden or James with the with that team or do you got someone else? Uh, I agree with James. And I think that none of them are going to make it in the wild card. I will give Chicago just a slight little slimmer of a pie slice of hope or whatever you want to call it. If they win, I th- believe they started a four game series against the guardians tonight. If the white Sox win three out of four and get to within, that would put them within two games of the division. That's where they have a chance. But what I actually think is going to happen is somehow with how disappointing the White Sox have been all season, they're going to end up tied for the division, but the Guardians will have the tiebreaker and the White Sox will miss out on the playoffs just to tease everyone like they have all season and then just to disappoint also like they've done all season. I like that. Can we also mention how much better the White Sox have played without Tony La Russa there at the helm? I don't think that's a coincidence, guys. We talked about how shitty Tony La Russa is. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, yeah, the White Sox still, as you mentioned, they're still in it. Somehow they still are just teasing everyone. They might just make it, but we'll see what happens. I like that everyone picked kind of a different team. Um, but yeah, I, I feel part of me wants to go with Baltimore just because I love that story. I, I, I love how they've kind of come out of nowhere and, and, and really made a run. I just don't see any of those three American League wildcard teams really falling that much, especially five games. I think it's just a little bit too steep. So if anything, I feel like the Brewers have a shot. They're one of those sneaky teams that's just kind of all year. It's kind of similar to what kind of what the White Sox have been, just not really being able to put it all together. But I don't really have a whole lot of faith that the Phillies and Padres can finish out the season strong. So I feel like there may be, there may be a shot there for, 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 for one of those two, two teams and something crazy to happen there in the National League. Um, let's move on to my final oh damn moment. We're talking about the greatest hitter, the hottest hitter on the planet right now. That's Aaron Judge. Um this dude is unbelievable. He's he's currently on, on a, tri- a, a triple crown watch. I know we mentioned the triple crown with Paul Goldschmidt a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, he's kind of tilled off a little bit, especially in the average. And Freddie Freeman has shot up in, 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 in National League. But in the American League, coming in tonight as of two hours ago, I don't know if that's changed. He's only two points uh, behind the American League average. I believe he was at around three, 315. And the leader was at 317. Um, so he's really, really close. Uh, definitely within striking distance. He's Easily the the, the, the the home run champion this year. He's going to win the, the RBI. He's also first, I believe, in runs. He's first in slugging. He's first in, in, in on-base percentage, to mention some other uh, offensive categories. Um, so if he gets a triple crown, maybe he doesn't get the triple crown. He's probably going to break the, the, the home run record. Just overall, an overall offensive season. Is this one of the best, if not the best, overall offensive seasons that we've ever seen in MLB history. I know it's crazy because we've only been alive for a small portion of it, but kind of just your guys' thoughts on yes or no, the best overall offensive season by, by an individual ever, or do you have another one in mind? Alex, what do you got? I, okay. I'm going to say best offensive season I've seen. If you're excluding the steroids and, Oh, I think Judge just went yard. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think? That's Yeah, he definitely just went yard. Okay. Oh, uh, shit. All right, Judge went 60, I think, guys. I think this is the best offensive season we've seen 
if you're not counting Barry Bonds, because like when you look up best offensive seasons, Barry Bonds is like best seasons. Our age is like 36, 37, 38. Obviously he was cheating. Like, so I can't really count that. I do want to point out, I was looking at best offensive seasons earlier and I, I also won't count this because it was pre-integration. So I feel like that shouldn't count because not all the best players were able to play, which is bullshit. But Lou Gehrig in 1927, I know that's a long ass time ago, had an insane season. 52 doubles, 47 homers, 173 ribbies. Damn. He hit he hit 374 and had an OBP of almost 500, an OPS of 1.1 or 1.2. And he had total, so total bases, he had 447 total bases. To put that into perspective, Judge's total bases are 368. It's almost 100 more. Judge only has 25 doubles. He has he had double the amount of doubles. Double, double, (laughs) in and out. I'm so hungry. Um, (laughs) I do think this is one of the most amazing offensive seasons I've ever seen. Seen um, some of those early 2000s Pujol or like mid 2000s Pujol seasons. Um, some late 90s Ken Griffey senior seasons were pretty incredible. But also the fact that Aaron Judge is facing better pitching, more pitchers. You know, like all of the different guys that they're coming out of. Granted, he does get a hit at Yankee Stadium all the time, so that kind of skews some things ballpark factor wise. But this is an incredible season for sure. All right, Jaden, agree or disagree, best offensive season ever. For me, I'm sorry, you cut out. Was that for me or yeah, no idea. That was for you, Tree. Um, yeah, so def- yeah, this is this is the best. This is the best offensive um season we, we have ever seen. And and there's a many reasons why. Um the, the, the guy has an OPS plus rating of 213. What that means, it's it's a it's a stat that basically compares you against the rest of the league and a b- bunch of different stats, and it is park adjusted. And he has a 213. 100 is an average player. So he's more than twice as good as the league average hitter. That's only happened 50 times in history. The last time that happened was Juan Soto in 2020, and we can't even count that because he played like two games. Um, I know he played more than that, but it was a shortened season. Um all the guys, all the guys he's also competing for in that in of those 50 seasons, um, 13 of them were pre-integrated times, as, as Alex kind of alluded to. Let's throw those out. Uh, actually, you could even add four, 15 of them. 15 of them were um, were during that time. Two of the seasons, um, Jeff Bagwell and Juan Soto were shortened seasons. Throw those out. Uh, let's also throw out Mark McGuire Barry, and Barry Bonds, four of those. So you get almost... 10 that he's compared that he's compared against and he's and he and he's within that best part of that he has yeah obviously has 60 home runs he's also playing playing in a season that is the the worst offensive season in since 2014 so you're playing against better better pitching uh in in a time where it's absolutely hard to hit a ball right now and most importantly and alex you did allude to this that he does get yankee stadium he's actually hitting better away from from the bronx this season he is better away from the Bronx this season statistically. In in every facet, this is the best offensive season that we will ever see. That is true. That is not PED related. That is not pre-integrated where you're not playing best best on best. Uh, that doesn't have a shortened season. I mean, Mike Trout's never never beat never uh, encroached 200 OPS plus. Upper Pujols, Willie Mays, 
Robert, uh, Roberto Clemente. None of those guys have. And he, and he has in a season that doesn't have all those other factors that I mentioned. So in that case, uh, you have to think that this is one of the best, if not the best offensive seasons in history. I love it. You guys are coming out with the numbers on this, on this one. I love that shit. Uh, we can confirm that Aaron judge just went yard and hit number 60 to tie babe Ruth. Uh, as we were talking about him, so obviously he knew we were talking about him in this moment. Just be like, I got like, here. You go. I got to hit one for the for, for the TLDR boys. But James, you have anything to add to what these boys are saying? Uh, not really, except for the fact that like your question just asked ever doesn't preclude steroids or anything. So in my answer, I would have been like, yeah, do those steroid era guys really hit the shit out the ball? Dreyer <laughs> in 1999. So that would have been my answer. But at the end of the day, if you take those out then yes Aaron Judge is killing it yeah and has does have any has anyone in the history of Major League Baseball make looking hitting a baseball 400 feet look any easier than Aaron Judge like he he just goes out there and he it, it's just like it's like he's just walking his dog it's like it's like no big deal it, it's unbelievable how easy his swing looks and how far the ball flies off his bat he is truly a specimen to watch and if you guys have not been watching Aaron Judge hit a baseball this year you're doing yourself a disservice um He's going to be, you know, probably probably within hopefully the, by the next podcast, we'll be talking about him breaking the uh, American League record and what some might consider to be the all time record, which may be a, a topic of discussion for next week. So Aaron Judge at 60 as we end this segment. And that's what we got for baseball for MLB for this week. Thank you much, uh, Tyler. And we uh, and we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on the uh, the home run. Um, uh, watches for both of those players as we mentioned we have uh, Aaron Judge is one away now as we mentioned uh, and Pujols is still two away I believe um, he's been up to bat a couple times tonight but um, hasn't got his dinger yet um, hopefully he does so he's, so he's that much closer um, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about basketball the shining teams of the east not the shit not the middle grade the, the, the primo the top cheese in the, the east cream of the crop And we're back with the creme de la creme of the NBA in the East. Uh, at the end of the day, only a couple um, a couple teams didn't break um, 50 wins. Um, in, in, in who, Oh, one. One didn't break 50 wins in who we're talking about. The rest did, um, although was not by a lot. Uh, Alex, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so we are finally to the top five. In We're going to start in the Eastern Conference, just like we did with the Poo. Hoop teams, we are up to the creme de la creme or whatever you want to call it, trading. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so it'll be fun. We get to talk about more, you know, fun teams, teams that are obviously going to be competing, um, you know, potentially competing for an NBA title. So we are going to start north of the border in Toronto. So the Raptors, they finished 48 and 34 last year. Um, out Isaac Bonga and Yuta Wantambe um, in uh, Ron Harper Jr. is a rookie. Uh, Josh Jackson comes from SAC. Otto Porter comes from Golden State. Those are kind of the main guys. Uh, you know, we saw in, you know, post-Kawhi, we didn't really know what the Raptors are going to be. Post-COVID, they faltered. Um, you know, they were, they were not good. I think they finished 12th in the league uh, two seasons ago. I think a lot of us probably had them as like a 500, kind of mid-level, potentially making the playing tournament last year um obviously they had a great season from rookie of the year scotty barnes 
they still have Siakam, Fred Van Fleet. Um, so trade in as our local so, so kind of Canadian, kind of not Canadian, even though you live in Southern California. Um, what do you like? What do you think of this Raptors team? Like, is this a, was last year sort of a, a mirage, or are we going to see them kind of take another step forward? Um, you, you know, what do you think about Toronto? Yeah. Look, I, I think Toronto had a great season on the backs of a couple other teams not having great seasons. Does that make sense? I mean, mm-hmm. we saw the Nets um, fall off the planet, and I think that that impacted their their um, them there. Um, you could you could argue that a couple of those other teams, you know, kind of kind of underperformed at times, and the Raptors were able to get in there. Um, but that that's not taken away from how well the team did. It's just they don't really have a a, a true real superstar. I mean, Pascal Siakam is fantastic, but he's not a true superstar. And they didn't really address that. Um, Messiah Jerry kind of did, didn't do much. He kind of sat on his hands and I, I just have to think that after all the teams we've kind of talked about and their way up, I, I just think that the Raptors have a potential, you know, have a potential to take a couple steps down. Look, do I think, do I think they're going to fall out of a playoff spot? No, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, and at this point, I think, you know, Scotty Barnes is coming in. Um, you know, he is behind, he is kind of lower in the pecking order behind Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, but he had a fantastic rookie, you know, a little, uh, you know, rookie tournament or whatever that was. Um, and, you know, and he put up quite a bit of points and he continued to show his, his value. And I think that, um, you know, as, as he grows with the, uh, with the raps, I think that he might find his way to being a, a, you know, a, a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, also, I think that if if the team is in a position to make the playoffs comfortably, you could see Masai Jerry make a big play to try and bring in a, a superstar for a team that is trying to offload theirs. And at that point, we can be like, OK, they're going for it. Um, I think that this team is good enough to make the playoffs and they're, they're probably going to get like seventh with maybe 46 wins. Yeah, that's a good point about the other teams falling off. Obviously, you know, we've we've talked about the Nets to the point I'm nauseous about it. Um, you know, you know, obviously the Hawks and the Knicks were teams that we kind of saw rise two years ago and then fall and fall down. So that is a really good point trade in. Um, would you say, would you count them? You know, the NBA is, I would say probably the, out of the big four, the league where realistic, it's the smallest amount of teams that can realistically win the championship. Um, sure. You know, it's very rare that a team like really shocks you to win the championship um, where I feel like that can happen in other leagues, teams go on runs that just like doesn't happen in the NBA. So Toronto, are they legit contenders or no? No, they just didn't do enough in the off season. Now at this point, again, if, if Messiah Jerry sees that there's an opportunity to bring in a superstar at the trade deadline, why don't you ask me then? Yeah. I don't know who that would be. I'd have to think about that more, but that's interesting. Um, James, Tyler, any thoughts on the Raptors real quick uh, or anything before we move on? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, Moving south from Toronto, we are in Philly. Uh, (laughs) 76ers finished 51 and 31 last year. They have had some roster turnover for sure. Uh, Danny Green is out. He goes to Memphis. DeAndre Jordan, I guess he doesn't really matter anymore. Um, He goes to Denver. Paul Millsap's out. Um, Montrez Harrell comes in, Daniel House comes in, uh, PJ Tucker comes in, but really, you know, the, we just talked about this with Toronto, they don't have any superstars. 
Philly has two for sure. Uh, you know, you, we can obviously think about James Harden as however you want to think about James Harden. Um, but Joel Embiid is for sure a superstar. Um, and you can't forget about um, uh, Tobias Harris. Oh my God, I almost forgot his name. Uh, I wouldn't really call him a superstar, but he is a great third option for that team. The big three is kind of a thing in the NBA really since those, that, those Celtics teams um, in the early 2010s or, or late 2000s, early 2010s. So what, what is, is this one of those teams kind of unlike Toronto that it's, they are a championship team or not? Um, Tyler, what do you think about the Sixers? Um, and what, what do you expect kind of from a full season of Harden and Embiid who both kind of need the ball in their hands quite a bit? Yeah, definitely one of those teams I feel could go two different directions. I, I, they're, they're going to be contenders for sure. I think they're definitely in the, in the, in, in the top half of the Eastern Conference, but I don't think they're conference favorites though. I, I, I don't really see them going into the season as expectation that they're going to make the NBA finals. They absolutely could. I think if, if, if that chemistry, like I said, we, we, have, we have a full season of, of, of James Harden, if, if, if Embiid can, can learn to work with him, if they can stay healthy, um, I think that they definitely have enough pieces to certainly compete for a, for, for a conference championship. Um, but that's certainly not my expectation for this team. I just feel like there's a two or three other teams in, in this conference that just seem to be a lot better that I think on paper should be able to beat this, this 76ers team in a seven game series come, come playoff time. But they're, they're definitely going to be very, a very good team, very competitive team. Um, so I think they they have they they have an outside chance they have a sliver of, of hope to be to be Eastern Conference champions but I don't see them as the favorite um, but certainly certainly a very a very strong con, con, contender. Yeah, I mean, you know, James Harden is James Harden. He's a weird dude. He's obviously you know he's aging and there's a lot of a lot of miles on him. We saw him you know have a lot of hamstring injuries in the last couple of years. Um, He's never played any defense. That's just like not what he does. So that's could potentially be an issue. Um, and, you know, if if Joel Embiid can stay healthy, like he is a superstar that can carry a team. But he's also a big boy that will wear down eventually. Um, so maybe they'll have to kind of change things up. Um, I, I have a I think they're a little higher on the contender list, uh, Tyler, than you than you. Um, I mean, I kind of see them finishing as a top three seed in the East and could definitely come out of the East. Um, but James or trade in any thoughts on the Sixers or do you want to talk shit about what Tyler said? Uh, for the first time, I don't really want to talk shit on what Tyler said, but I do agree with you, Alex. Like Joel Embiid isn't going to play through injuries and James Harden is going to be another year older. Like this team isn't really built to withstand the entire rigors of an entire NBA season. It's 82 games of hard work. And if you have a big guy, big guys don't stay healthy that often, unless you're Giannis. Um, but honestly, like, it's, it's going to be a tough season, I think. Uh, to me, and I think you guys agree, this team and the the next two we'll talk about, you know, we're not judging them off their, their regular season. They're, we're judging them off the playoffs. So, I mean, they just need to get in, and maybe that's the way they'll play. Yeah, that's also kind of the thing with the NBA is, like, you sort of know which teams are going to make it and which teams aren't generally, um, you know, there's some, some jockeying down there at the bottom, but yeah, you're right. These teams seem to be, um, you know, definitely pretty good. Uh, so James, speaking of Giannis moving on to the Milwaukee bucks, they also finished 51 and 31. 
They got Joe Ingles. Uh, that's pretty much all they did. Um, so, and speaking of the teams, you know, coming, um, or especially the team we're going to talk about next, who changed a lot, you know, Milwaukee, they were a big disappointment for years. And then they finally came through and, you know, won an NBA championship. Uh, granted, you did it over Chris Paul. So, like, that was kind of a gimme. Um, so, like, with Milwaukee not doing much over the offseason, do you think this is a team that's going to take a step back after not really improving their roster? Or is their roster already good enough to compete for an NBA title? Well, I mean, you're definitely not taking a step forward if you didn't improve. It's like it's like inflation. Think about it that way. It's like <laughs> you have a dollar. Like, the, the bucks are worth a dollar right now. And then inflation is 9%. And so inflation is every other team and they got better. Your dollar and your amount will not equal the same amount that you need to do some, something with. And the bucks are decent. Like a dollar is good, right? That's, that's a good amount of money in 1950 or something. Like that, that, that's a good dollar. They're a contender. They have some good solid pieces there. But with every other team around them getting better, that makes, the, that makes you think, can they still compete against everybody else the same way they did last year with every other team, like the Celtics adding a great piece. Are they going to be as good as the Celtics are? I would say they, they're not, they have a good base there and Chris Middleton and Giannis and Lopez. They like, they have a good base, but they're not equipped anymore to compete with the better teams because they didn't get better life. NBA, everything is about changing how you adapt to it. They didn't change. You can't run the same formula over and over again and expect to have the same success when everything else changes around with it. So they didn't, because they didn't get better, they're not taking a step forward. They're not really taking a step back necessarily. With everybody else taking a step forward, it's hard for them to compete with that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, maybe it will be kind of like this, like Toronto we talked about earlier, where you know they're just putting along through the season and then they make one trade for a Bobby Portis-esque type guy who just, they just run with, or the PJ Tucker they had during their, you know, their champion, I think he was on their team and during the championship run. Um, I mean, I still think this team, you know, with that base and with Drew Holiday and, um, you know, they're, they're still an elite class of the East. And I feel like they're, they're there for sure. But yeah, that the Boston team is kind of the one seems like their hurdle at this point with how much they got better. Um, so speaking of Boston, we're just going to run right into it. Um, Tyler and Traden, if you want to talk about Milwaukee, we can kind of tag this in with Boston, but, uh, I mean, we talked about this a while ago, really, we're just going to, they, they brought in Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers. Um, you know, that was obviously a huge deal for them. And then, and, you know, we're like, dang, okay, they lost the finals. They're trying to get better. They're trying to make, they're trying to make trades to, you know, make themselves a better team. And then there were these, you know, during the KD rumors, their other superstar, Jalen Brown, was part of the rumors. And he even came out and was, and you know, Jalen Brown's a super intelligent guy. He's pretty active on social media. And he was just like, yo, what the fuck? Um, so if you're Jalen Brown, like, um, Tyler, we'll start with you. I feel like we can talk about with, with all of you guys, like, will this kind of slight on Brown be an issue for the Celtics team that I think we can possibly all agree sort of seems like the team to beat in the East right now. Like, is that going to become an issue as the season goes on? Or do you think it won't, we're just making smoke to make smoke? 
It's always tough. I, f- I feel like that's always a point of contention and I don't know that dude personally. So how well can you handle it? I think you've seen some guys that take that as motivation. Like, all right, you know, I'm just going to prove ownership wrong and I'm going to win a championship for you guys. And you guys won't ever make that same mistake again. Other guys can go in a, a different tailspin, AKA Carson Wentz, you know, where he just fucking starts, you know, losing all his shit and can't play, can't, can't play sport anymore. So I guess we'll see, but I would certainly hope it wouldn't. Um, you know, I, I agree. I, th- I think the Celtics on paper coming into the season are certainly the favorites to come out of the East. Um, I do think the Bucks are still a very, very good basketball team. And I think that they're kind of a one a or a one B in this East. I think it's a toss up between those two, to be honest with you. The Bucks were very close to making the, the finals last year. I, even though they didn't really add much like, like the Celtics did. I think the Bucks still just have that. They had, they had that identity that I think no other team in the East has. Um, you know, I think the Celtics will still, will still be very good, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how certain players react to that kind of controversy. Um, hopefully, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a big deal. It's going to be, you know, we're going to talk about it on ESPN, all these kind of things, but hopefully it's more of a motivation tool to just prove to, to the, the Celtics franchise, you know, don't ever put me in the conversation of trade rumors again, because I'm going to go out here, I'm going to ball out and I'm going to win you guys a, a championship. Yeah, uh, I hope that's what he does. I'm a big Jalen Brown fan. I'd rather have him on my team than on my team than Kevin Durant with Kevin Durant's antics for sure right now. I mean, not saying that Jalen Brown is better than Kevin Durant, but with with how you know basketball obviously is a very team oriented sport. Like you do not want, and it's a small locker room. It's the smallest locker room in any of the you know four major sports. Like you get tight with those guys. I'd much rather have Jalen Brown on my team than KD right now. Um, but speaking of that, KD is still one of the top three best players in the NBA when he's healthy. So trading, would you have, would, would you have made that trade? And, you know, obviously Jason Tatum and KD kind of have similar skill sets and play kind of the same position. Like what are your thoughts on, on Boston, you know, um, and with, and also with the whole Jalen Brown situation? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a, I, I I I don't know what to think about it. Um, be, because I think I think I agree with you. I think I I think I'd rather have Jalen Brown. Um, as, just as a teammate, just because, you know what he what he did in the what he did in you know down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. I mean, he's he's a main reason why you know they they were you know competitive. I mean, I think he was more of a more of an impact than Jason Tatum at most points so um you know to, to lose that and you know he, he doesn't get it you know it, it just it, you know it, that 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 is a worry that is definitely a worry um but you know at the end of the day i think that this team is 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 the team to beat is one of the teams to beat in this division um as a like just like tyler said i think the bucks are right there too um you know james you had mentioned that the bucks didn't make didn't upgrade at all well you know, there's another team in another league that did the same thing. They just kept running it back and they won two championships back to back. So, uh, and then made it to another championship and they didn't make any changes. Um, so sometimes you can run it back. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe they're going to, they're, they're going to try and do it. Uh, I tend to agree with, I, I, I would tend to agree that, you know, not, not making any upgrades is can't, can be a question mark, but they did win not too long ago and they, and they're always, they're always going to be competitive. So, uh, I think they just like the culture and they're going to run it back. And, and I think that these two teams are just going to go at it. And I can't wait for that um, to, down the stretch. 
Yeah, two green green jerseys going at it, uh, not as aesthetically pleasing. Um, so one of them is going to have to change their jersey color. Uh, <laughs> they literally had the same record. Exactly. Yeah, same record. Very similar colored jerseys. Uh, their cities are cold in the winter. Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, speaking of the so the last team, um, their city is not cold in the winter because we're going down to South Beach into Miami. I think the Heat kind of shocked everyone when they held on to the number one overall seed in the East. Um, so they finished 53 and 29 last year. Uh, out is Markeith Morris. He's going to Brooklyn and PJ Tucker, like we talked about earlier. He's going to Philly. Uh, they didn't really do a whole bunch of double rookies. We won't really talk about them. There's two guys on the Miami Heat roster that we do need to talk about. We're going to start with Duncan Robinson, who signed a huge deal, five years, 90 mil, and then literally did not play in the playoffs. He was out of the heat rotation. Uh, James, we were kind of talking about this while we were waiting for Tyler to jump on. But what what do you do if you're the heat with Duncan Robinson? He's, you know, no one's going to take that bloated contract. You know, you could buy him out, but oh wait, it's pretty much all guaranteed. It's like, what what do you do with him? How do you get Duncan Robinson back on track? Like, what do you or do you just have to eat it? It's that's hard. Uh, the thing about NBA contracts is the fully guaranteed portion of it. Uh, his story is pretty cool, but there's only like honestly, there's two options. You can either a trade him or b keep him on your team and try to rotate him in whenever you can. In the bubble, he was a huge part. He was the three and D guy, or just more so a three. He was a spot up shooting guy, um, made a lot of big shots, but he doesn't really have that dog in him. Like he is, he's pretty soft. He's a pretty soft dude. He'll just sit there, take the three. He doesn't really, not the most physical guy in the world, not the most vocal guy in the world. I mean, he played D three ball. Not to talk about, not to talk shit about D three players, but like that that playing in D one, D two, that's a different breed. And he played D. Three made it to the league and made, got paid big, and kind of took a step back. You got to find honestly, actually, now that I think about it, the Lakers could honestly use somebody like Duncan Robinson, not at his contract price, but for his skill set and ability. They need a spot up shooter for whenever LeBron or Westbrook drive the lane, and that's what Duncan can do. He's a good three point shooter. Rotate him in eventually. Like the Heat need to find a trade partner is what it comes down to. Uh, you can't keep housing this to have him sit on the bench. That's a lot of money to be there. Yeah. I don't know who would take that contract. I don't, you know, I, I don't know who has that sort of cap space. Well, nobody at this point of the off season probably really has that sort of cap space. You know, you'd have to get rid of a, uh, like a larger contract um, to kind of outweigh some of that other money. But, you know, if, if a team could do it, you know, I think the heat have a chance. Like we kind of saw the same thing with Tyler hero. Like he was, pretty good in the bubble the following season was not great and then was fantastic last year so maybe that's what you know they just need to get Duncan Robinson back in the lab start over kind of see what happens I mean I would be surprised if they could find a trade partner for him um you know maybe just bring him in in blowouts and just see get get a shot back and you know kind of hope hope things go better there or unfortunately the next four years of that deal are going to be kind of brutal but um, and then, you know, they obviously last year, 
also signed Kyle Lowry, longtime Raptors, uh, you know, point guard. He's 36 now. This is probably one of his worst seasons. He had a lot of health issues. If the Miami Heat are going to compete with those two green teams we talked about previously, you know, I think Kyle, Kyle Lowry is going to have to be an important piece to this team. So, Tyler, like, what do you think Lowry can bring to this team as a 36-year-old coming into this season? Yeah, it's tough. That's just definitely the age where, I mean, we've seen it, you know, some guys can defy that. I think last year was certainly a year where you make, it makes you doubt it, but we'll see the kind of work he's put in. And I, I feel like Kyle Lowry is definitely, a, a, he's a, he's a champion. He can definitely bring this team and, and elevate them to a level that I think can, can put them over the edge. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't know as constructed if, if, if they're really, I think they're one of the weaker of the top dogs in the, in the East, if that makes sense. Um, I don't really see them. I wouldn't put my money on them winning the East. Um, I think they had a, 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 great, a great year last year, but I just don't know if, if this team is as constructed. I don't know if Kyle, Kyle Lowry is, is the answer, unless he just comes back and has like an, an incredible resurgence season, which he could do. I mean, he's def, he's definitely, he, he has the capability of, of doing something like that, but obviously the older you get, the less likely that happens. But I mean, we see guys like LeBron James. I know he's, he's kind of the exception to that rule, but um, it can certainly happen if I will see what kind of work he's put in and maybe he comes out firing and, you know, he could definitely elevate this heat team to a Eastern conference championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I kind of agree with you. I think the heat team can be the, uh, can be a menace. I mean, like Bam's a monster. Jimmy is still, is still Jimmy, you know, he's also kind of getting up there, but they can be a really good defensive team, um trade in any thoughts on robinson or lowry real quick i do have one final question for you guys that i did not prepare for you so figure it out um nothing nothing really it just it just seems like the heat have have kind of been known to 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 bring in players give them roles then give them their market and then find a new replacement and then be stuck with that contract (laughs) it doesn't really bode well if you're trying to compete so yeah, I mean, you know, what Miami always has going for it is it's Miami and NBA players fucking love Miami and they always want to go there. So potentially they'll get somebody that gets bought out from another team or, you know, they'll probably be a team that's making making some changes along the way. But, OK, we have now finished the Eastern Conference. So who at this time? I know we have a month before the season starts, but because we've now gone all through 15 teams, I want to hear each of you guys' pick. Who's coming out of the East? Uh, James, we'll start with you. I like the Celtics. I've said it since, I don't know, since the end of the season, the last NBA season. I love their core. I love the addition of Malcolm Brogdon. This team is going places, man. I'm really, really excited for them. Okay. Ty, Ty. I got the Milwaukee Bucks. I, you know, I, I really think that this group is, is, is so well uh, suited for 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 going for 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 making a, a long playoff run. They've got the experience. They were very close to getting it last year. I think that they've got a little bit of uh, that kind of revenge mentality. It'd be great to see a Celtics Bucks rematch, but I think the Bucks are going to win it this time. Okay, trading flipping the coin right now. Okay, tails means the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, is it because deer have tails and Celtics don't? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, basically. I mean, look, look, it's the reason I did that is it's 50 50. I mean, I think they're both teams are just going to freaking battle it out. And, you know, I, I love, I loved watching the Boston Celtics in the finals. I think they were, I think they were, a, you know, fantastic team to watch that they're, they're young. They, they have a lot going for them. The Bucks, 
have just a little bit more longevity in terms of their group that they've kind of established, but they're older and that's, and that's a risk too. So I, you know, you, you, you see pros and cons on both, but I think either team is, is destined to, to come out. Okay. I'm going to go shot in the dark and say the Sixers. I don't really what? like the pick, but I want to be different than you guys going off of these two teams. And maybe, you know, James Harden got the, got an interception from ball from Darius Slay last night. He was at the, he was at the Eagles game and he gave him a ball. Maybe James Harden's like a huge Philly guy now. And it's just going to be incredible. So I'm going to go the Sixers just to be a little different. I don't love that pick at all. I almost thought about picking the Nets just to freak you guys out, but fuck <laughs> that, so I didn't do that. Um, but trading, that is it for the Eastern Conference. So we next week we'll finish the creme de la creme of the West, and then we will be all caught up and ready for the season. Yes, sir. So the West next week, can't wait for that. Uh, and then we'll and then we'll be ready for the the season, and then we'll talk some about some hockey for a couple weeks before that starts. Um, well, that's all we got this week, guys. For one sixteen, um, we really appreciate all you guys for you know listening in um, week after week. Um, the the listening number continues to creep up, and we're ex- extremely excited about that. Um, we 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 hope you enjoy. It. We hope you check out our um, you know our, our social media posts because you know we're posting you know every week. Uh, power rankings for hockey and maybe basketball are going to be coming back pretty soon. So, um, you know, tune in for that. Um, it's always fun writing those up. Um, I, I have, I have a good time with that. So, um, that's all we got guys. Uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy the football, enjoy the baseball, the, the home run watch. And, um, we'll see you next time.